Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sicha. Today is Yud Kislev, so good Yom and we're in Parshas Vayete. And I think as all of us, the whole world is holding their breath, I am uh, looking forward to deep diving into some Chassidus together and, you know, going, finding the MS that way. Hopefully soon we'll be able to all uh, release our breath at the coming of Mashiach. All of the women learning together will surely be part of bringing it. Mr. Burrow, thank you so much for learning with us so early this morning. And uh, take it away. Thank you, Etty. <clears throat> so good gentle for everybody. And I just want to echo Etty's sentiment that we're waiting for the full Haga Geula. No compromises, no half-baked deals, but the full Geula, Amitas Vashlema with Mashiach Tzadkenu. And Pada B'Shalom how the Abishar is going to redeem us in peace. Um, before we dive into the Sicha today, which once again manages to literally echo our voices and give us our perspective during these times, I just want to do a mention of something that is close to my heart. Um, as I'm sure you all know, Etty and I do these um, shiurim, do these recordings without any financial um, We're not making any money off of this, put it that way. But I do want to share something that's very, very close to my heart that I really want to encourage anyone who's listening to the share today or has listened to other share in the past to consider supporting. Um, This week is going to be the 25th yard site of the founder of Chabad.org, and I'm sure that everyone on this group takes advantage of Chabad.org. And so there is a project that's being done by his very humble and wonderful family to honor his memory, and I think it's an opportunity to show Hakar Sataev for Chabad.org and to um, show his family that he is honored and remembered, Rabbi Y.Y. Kazin, the founder of Chabad.org. So my sister and my brother-in-law are children of Rabbi Kazin. My brother-in-law Peretz was a child when his father passed away, and today together with his whole family, are working on a beautiful building that they hope to make in his memory, and I really want to encourage everyone in big ways and small ways to try to support this project. So I'm going to send the link to Etty, and if she can put it out on the groups, please show Hakara Sataif to Chabad.org, or if you appreciate this share, and um, in big ways or small ways, support this project. Okay, so now let's jump into the chassidus that we're going to be learning today. So Chelek Chaf on page 124. And once again, like, just amazing. It's mind-boggling. As we follow the schedule of Project Likud Desichais, how the Rebbe literally gives us the words that we just cannot figure out how to verbalize. When we follow the news and our brains are just, can't wrap around what in the world is going on over here, Baruch Hashem, we have a Rebbe, and he tells us the, the perspective to have. So let's dive into it on Page 124, Ais Aleph. Yaakov lay down in this place. So the Medrash tell us that here he lay down, but the 14 years that he was in base Aver, that he was learning in Yeshiva, he did not lay down. And then comes the second part. Kan Shachav, here he lay down, but all 20 years that he worked in the house of Lavan, he did not lay down. And then the Medrash goes on to say, what did Yaakov Avinu say <clears throat> during these 20 years that he was not um, sleeping at all, he couldn't lay down during the time that he was by the house of Lavan, what did he spend his time saying? So Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says that he said the 15 prakim of Shir Hamalais that are in Tehillim, the Tesvav Shir Hamalais. 
And he brings a Pasuk to show that the Shiramalis is specifically connected to Yaakov Avinu. And then Reb Shmuel says, Reb Shmuel Bar Nachman says, that he recited the whole Tehillim. And he also brings a Pasuk to show that all of Tehillim is connected to Yaakov Avinu saying it. So this vart, what was Yaakov Avinu saying, the question is not how did he pass the time. We know how Yaakov Avinu passed the time in Lovin's house, working very, 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 very hard, night and day, taking care of the tasks that Lovin gave him. The question really is, how did Yaakov survive, right? What did he do to make it through? So take a look towards the end of the first column, page 124. Nar Shaila is, the real question that the Medrash is asking is, Vas het Yaakov gezakt? What was Yaakov, how did Yaakov davin, mispalo given, gelernt, kadei tukenen iberkumen di shvedekaitin and charan of a lavan? What did Yaakov davin for? And what did Yaakov learn? In other words, what perspective did he put into his mind in order to overcome all the difficulties of being in Haran and being in the house of Lavan? And of course, I can't resist to jump ahead, that of course what the Rebbe is saying to us is, what do we do when we are in the middle of the utter chaos of Haran Afshal Eilam, the absolute chaotic anger of the world? And how do we make it through? What should we, what should we be davening for? What should we be learning? What perspective should we, should we be having in order to be able to make it through these incredibly difficult times? So Zion with base Lavan is the Yaakov given in a Maimon of Shal Galas. Yaakov was in a state of Galas. It is a Vekagayim in the base Yitzchak Aviv to Zion with base Lavan. And Hatzich Dartan Farnumin Mitzayin Lavan. Lavan's sign. So he's not where he's meant to be. He was, you know, taken hostage off to a place where he's not supposed to be. And there he has to work with love and sign. In other words, he has to be involved with things that are going to schlep him down. And we actually find, Being in the house of Lavan was not a positive experience for Yaakov. It brought him down. Like Rashi says, As Yaakov had gesagt, If Lavan is going to come with his cheating ways and his tricking ways, I am going to be his equal with tricking. In other words, dust haste, as Bayim is given, Kavyachotar Inyan Haramais, but Dukmas Haramais de Lavan. Yaakov, the man of truth, you know, was managed to be the equal to Lavan when it came to trickery. So it wasn't a very positive setting for Yaakov to be in. So there did it to Shaila. So this this is the question that the Medrash is asking Via Zay is there Durchgegangen and Baigishtan and Dem Inyan Hagalas. How did Yaakov make it through? How did he survive it all? Certainly it came through something to do with the voice of Yaakov. That is Yaakov's power. So when the Medrash asked the question, what did he say? The question is, what was the kol kol Yaakov? What was the voice of Yaakov that overcame the hands of all of, Esau's, of, of all of Yaakov's enemies, of all those who stand in opposition to what Yaakov is all about? And the answer is going to be, what is it that gets Yaakov through the Gullus? What is it that gets us through the Gullus? It's going to be the Tesvav Sher Hamales, the 15th Prakam of Sher Hamales and Sefer Tehillim, or the second opinion, the Kayach of saying Tehillim altogether. That is the Kayach that allows Yaakov Avinu to not only make it through the Gullus, but to overcome and transform the Gullus. So now comes our question. What's the um, whole Indian specifically of the Tesla of Sher Hamalis. We understand to Hillam in general that during the time that Yaakov is busy working with love on sheep, 
he's not in a place where he could, you know, get into like a deep piece of learning at that time. It takes focus to get into a deep piece of learning, but he could pass the time by continuously saying words of Tehillim. So we understand why saying Tehillim is what Yaakov used while he's going through the, you know, distractions of being in Lavan's house to keep him connected to the Abishtar. But what is it specifically about these 15 prakim, the 15 prakim of the Shir Hamalis of Sefer Tehillim, that get Yaakov through his situation in the house of Lavan? So to be able to appreciate that, the Rebbe brings a beautiful verse of the Chidah, where the Chidah says, these 15 Shir Hamalis have significance, because the number 15 is very, very significant in terms of Yaakov Avinu. Why is the number 15 so significant for Yaakov Avinu? And the answer is that Yaakov Avinu had 15 years of his life that he lived in this world together with Yitzchak and Avram Avinu, together with his father and his grandfather. Let's see the Cheshbim. So Avram Avinu is 100 years old when Yitzchak is born. Yitzchak is 60 years old when Yaakov is born. So that makes Avram Avinu 160 when Yaakov is born, and Avram Avinu passes away at 175. So according to that cheshben, Yaakov is 15 years old when Avram Avinu passes away. So altogether we have 15 years when Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov live together in this world. What is the significance of having all three Avais together in this world? And so the rabbit goes into a whole thing about war strategy. Gullus is a big battle. It's a big war. And the most powerful way to overcome an enemy is coming at the enemy from all three directions. If you come as the offensive um, attack and you bring with you three separate groups and they each attack from all three directions, from the front and from each of the sides, and you attack this one enemy, you will absolutely be able to be successful in overcoming the enemy. And so for us, in our Ruchnistika war of battling Gullus, and each one of us, with whatever struggles we go through, if we bring with us this three-prong attack, then we're going to be able to be successful. What's the three-prong attack that we bring with us? All three of us, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And that's represented in this number 15, because all three together lived in this world for 15 years. So bringing them together into one force, one united force that attacks from all three sides, that's what allows... Um, the battle to be successful and overcome, you know, even this most difficult of enemies. What's this idea of bringing all three Avais together? So each one of the Avais individually represents one of the Midas, represents one of the ways that we could approach life. The problem with only going with one of them is that any time you get into one Mida and you get into it fully, you leave place for going to a negative extreme. So let's use the example of Chesed. Let's say a person is in a very giving space. Their emotions are very giving and very harchavadik and very open. And of course, that has a huge mila to it. They're generous and they're kind and they're accepting and all, of it, all that other kind of good stuff. But once a person is in that place, Chassidus explains that there could be, without proper tempering, without proper balance, there could be that the chesed could end up flowing over into something negative. So the person can end up being so expansive that they end up throwing themselves into some type of taiva without any type of limit to it. And they could end up um, going with this feeling of chesed into an actual negative place. Or let's say with gvura, when a person is disciplined and a person is strong and they're really working on self-control, but maybe it's going to make them short-tempered 
and it's going to make them close-minded and it's going to make them narrow-minded in the way that they're going to try to interact with other people or see situations. So any time we go with one of the midas and we only go with that midah, we have the possibility of it end up of it ending up taking us to places that are not necessarily positive. But when we have this three-prong attack, right, all three camps coming together, all three groups of soldiers coming together, then we have Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and they each temper each other, chesed, gevura, teferes, and that's how we have real success in being able to overcome the enemy. So this is the first message of Yaakov Avinu saying the tesva of Shir Hamalais, specifically focusing on the number 15, that this represents the 15 years that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are all together in this world as one. That's what gives Yaakov Avinu the Kayach, even when he faces the most difficult of enemies in the house of Laman, in whatever Gullah situation he may find himself, as long as he has this balance of Midas all coming together, he's able to accomplish it. Now, how does a person manage to find that balance of Midas? Where does it come from? What do we base that on? And the answer is, let's take a look at another significant meaning of this number 15. The number 15 corresponds to the first two letters of Hashem's name, the Yud and the He. Ka. And those two letters of Hashem's name correspond to Chachma and Bina. The Yud corresponds to Chachma and the He corresponds to Bina. The other half of the Hashem's name, the Vav and the He, correspond to the Midas. So what we see here is that it takes Meichin, it takes correct thinking and perspective in order to be able to reign in our Midas in a proper way. So really, where does the battle begin? The battle really begins in our minds. What are we filling our minds with? What are we thinking about? What are we spending the time thinking with our minds? And that is going, that is going to be what's going to change our ability to reign in our Midas, to reign in our emotions, and really be able to overcome situations. And that is, of course, the reason, the Rebbe doesn't say it directly here, but of course we know that's the reason why the Alter Rebbe, who is the antidote to Golos, founded Nitzstam Chassidus, but specifically Chabad Chassidus, because it takes what you're thinking in your mind to impact your emotions and from there to impact your actions. So for all of us who face different Nisianus in this world, and of course this is all of us together as a Jewish people facing the big Nisian going on right now, we have to know that the first place that we need to start is in the level of ka, is in the level of meichin. Let's make sure that we're thinking correctly, that we're filling our minds with the correct perspective. And of course, that's what each one of you are doing right now by taking the opportunity to learn chassidus. And of course, I can't resist putting in a plug. Today is the Yom HaGula of the Mittler Rebbe, and the Mittler Rebbe's whole inyan is Rechai Hanar, flowing chassidus. Let's fill our lives with our, let's fill our minds with the perspectives of chassidus, and then starting from meichen, starting from our minds, it will then be able to go on to impact how we're feeling about things, and then from there, how we're going to be able to address and fight the battles that we need to fight. So this is going to be our second takeaway. Number one, our first takeaway that we learn from the test of Shir Hamalais is to have the perspective of all three of us, the tempered mix of all three of our midas. Ava, Yira, and Rachamim, right? Chesed, Gevura, and Tiferes. Lesson number two, where does that start from? How do we get going in the correct direction? Focus on the Ka, right? On the Yud and the He, on the Meichin. What are we filling our minds with? With the perspective of Chabad, we're going to be able to then go on to have proper emotions. All of that is very good and nice, but the Rebbe is still not satisfied. So let's jump ahead. There still has to be something more. Ice <coughs> He on page 126. 
Das is other l'chayronit mastik. All of this that we've said until now, it's still not quite it. Because the Teslav Shir Hamalash of the Sefer Tehillim, Varen Ungerufen Beshem Shir. Wow. We haven't focused on something really important. These 15 Shir Hamales, they all start with the same word. They're all called by the same title. And that title is a song. What's a song? Vashir is Farbundin Mitena Inyan Shal Simcha. Song is about joy. How can Yaakov Avinu go around singing? How can he possibly do it during this gullus? And of course, we all echo this question. When there's so much fear and so much terrible things going on around us, how can we walk around singing? How can we walk around joyous? Yes, it's true that within these kapitach, it speaks about how all my help comes from Hashem. Ezri meim Hashem, Eishushmayim va'aretz, dinasinas kayach, if baikum and demgolos, that we know that our kayach to get to the golos comes from the Eibishter. But come on, to actually go around singing, that a person should be openly joyous, here we are, we're in the worst of situations, and we should be singing, that which is the anger of Hashem, and we're finding ourselves with these tricky, horrible people who lie and, and do everything they can to manipulate us, and we're going to walk around singing? How can we possibly do it? And so the answer is, is there beer in them? There's going to be a final goal, and that final goal is that Yaakov is going to come out incredibly successful. So, not that in the moment he saw the joy. It was a very, very difficult time. But he was able to stay focused on the goal. He was able to stay focused on the future. And by keeping his eye on that goal, while he's sitting in Beis Lavan, he's able to sing a song. And if you go down to Ha'ara 29, there brings her an interesting correlation that this is similar to the famous story of Rabbi Akiva, that when Rabbi Akiva saw the Khurban, in contrast to his colleagues, his colleagues cried and Rabbi Akiva laughed. Why? Because Rabbi Akiva saw the goal. Rabbi Akiva saw that what we're coming to. He was able to see what's going to happen in the future. And of course we know that Rabbi Akiva was actually a Gilgal of Yaakov Avinu, and that's why the name Akiva has the same letters. The Yud, the Ayin, the Kuf, and the Vez are all found in the name Akiva. Because this perspective, while you're going through something, to be able to see the goal that's going to come out of it, that's the ability of Akiva. Everybody doesn't bring it here, but it's also very much connected to the famous story with um, seeing the, the water hit the rock. When you see water hit a rock, it's just despairing. You don't see anything happening. You don't see how anything's making a difference. But if you're able to have the Akiva perspective, if you're able to have the Yaakov Avinu perspective, then you pick yourself up higher and you look towards the eventual result of what's going to come out of all of this. And the eventual result of what's going to come out of all of, all of this is the Yifreitz Ha'aish Ma'aid Ma'aid, incredible, overwhelming success that could never have been fathomable going into it. So that is the perspective that Yaakov Avinu is able to have while he's in the house of Lavan, and that's what enables him to be able to sing Shir. Now, in case this is striking you a little 
wrong. Like, what? I can't do that. How can we be, you know, it almost feels like we're justifying the suffering that people are going through. The Rebbe's not done yet, so hang on tight. <coughs> a nice test vav, I'm sorry, a nice vav, page 127, the Rebbe starts out by analyzing the first capital of the Shira Males. And this capital, the way the Rebbe touches it up, it literally feels like the Rebbe could be talking to us today. Because what's the message of the capital, the last pasuk of the capital? Ani shalim daber I come with peace. In other words, my goal is that there should be peace. They come for war. And how do we wrap our heads? How do we, you know, how do we fathom all of this? And so the Rebbe explains over here that every single person in their life, nobody wants nisyanis. Nobody's looking to have a difficult life of suffering. Ani shalim. We all want to go to have a time of peace, to have good things happening. That's what Yidin are all about. But But then there are these other forces that come along, and they are there to provide nisyanis and difficulty and war. And they put us through the ringer. So what's going on over here? So we have to remember that all of this is all part of the shir, is all part of Hashem's song. How is it part of this song that Hashem gave us? Because we're going to overcome those enemies. We're going to make it through those nisyanis. We're going to make it through those challenges. And the purpose of those challenges is part of a bigger vision. It's part of a bigger way of looking at things. And our final goal is to get to the geula. Let's see how the Rebbe touches it up very clearly for us in Isaiah on page 127. And if you haven't been looking inside until this point, I really encourage you to see all the Rebbe's words inside in this ice, because it's the message we all need to hear. It's the chizuk we all need. Yeder inyan in Tyra is a hayra nitzchis. Every part of Tyra is a lesson, an eternal lesson for us. Is der fun muvan, as kol hanal, this whole story of Yaakov Avinu, is a message for each one of us. It's a hira, a kol's man ha-galos, and a hira miyuchedes for unzer zeit. It's a general message for all of galos, and especially for us. We who are experiencing kaishi ha-galos, the difficulty of the galos. We who are the dara de ikvasa de mashiach. We who are living at the last, last seconds, ushering in the footsteps of Mashiach. B'shas mentrach tzicharayin, en dem chayshach ha-kafo ha-machupof, en dara de ikvasa mashiach. If you stop for one minute and you try to wrap your head around how dark is this galus, it almost feels like your head's going to explode. To the point where we look around, and as, and as David HaMelech echoes for us in Tehillim, we say, where is this going to happen? Where is our help going to come from? We feel so despairing. We can fall into despair. And again, of course, this is a message both, both for the Jewish people as a whole and for each one of us individually with whatever struggles we deal with. So the lesson that we need to take from all of the above is as follows. The bald as the Yerida von Yidin and Golos is similar to Yaakov going to Haran, is Bishvil Ha'aliyah, is to come out with something positive. That there should be light coming from this darkness. And we should be able to see wisdom coming out of the utter foolishness that's all around us. What do we have to do? So the Rebbe quotes her, another one of the famous psukim from the Tesla of Shir Hamales. Lift up your eyes. What does it mean to lift up your eyes? You need to pick up your perspective. You know, if all we're doing is flipping through the news... We're going to get so just pulled down. 
But when we pick up our perspective, we lift up our eyes, and what do we have to look at? Sum tachlis hamachuvan from Galus, page 128. What is the purpose of Galus? We're aiming for one goal, and that goal is the aliyah v'svetzayin b'gaula ha'asida. The aliyah that's going to happen by the gula ha'asida. So again, going back to that imagery of um, Rabbi Akiva standing and watching the Hurban. You're looking at Hurban and you're like, what is this? And it just makes you break. And Rabbi Akiva is able to rejoice. He's able to sing the shir of the shir hamalais. How? Because he stays focused on the goal. And the goal is, we're going to get out of this and it's going to be Geula. And then not only will we not be overwhelmed, will we not be crushed by the darkness of the skullus, but even more than that, we can wake up today and go out in our day singing a song. Now, look what the Rebbe is going to do here in the brackets, because this is really, really important stuff. What does that mean to go out and sing that, that song? It does not mean to zagin as mendarv zain to fridin from the Maimedamatsafangalas. It does not mean we need to be okay and happy with what's going on right now. And to think, yeah, this is the way it should be. It makes sense for Yidin to be in this kind of situation. We have to recognize the Golas for what it is. Golas is an ingen von Cheshach. What we're experiencing is darkness. It's sichlos. It's utter foolishness. And I don't have to elaborate. We all know exactly what we're talking about here. Unayid begalus, and that a Jewish person should be in that situation. Zak tiras emes klar undaidlech, as eres a ben shegala malshochan aviv hamelech. Each one of us was taken hostage. The Torah says we are all sons of the king that were forcibly removed from the from our father's table. An aib der ben filt andersh unzakt andersh, and let's say you're going to meet a son, and he's going to say, "What do you mean? I'm comfortable here." Life is good for me here in this Gullus. Imagine someone stuck in Gaza saying, maybe I belong in Gaza. That itself highlights how dark the Gullus must be. So when we become complacent in Gullus, that's really the sign of how dark the Gullus is. So what does it mean that we can sing a song today? How can we walk around rejoicing, not by accepting the Gullus, not by justifying the Gullus, not by saying we're okay with this Gullus situation, but by Esa I by picking up our eyes. We have to keep our eyes on the goal. The light that's going to come out of this darkness. The clarity, the wisdom that's going to come out of this utter foolishness. And that's how we're able to get through the Golas. And that's how we're able to reveal and feel the answer to that question. Where will my help come from? So actually, the question itself becomes a very deep answer. And what's that answer? Is there in their She'ela Gufa, Leitin Perish Hapnimi, as their Ezer Vert Nimshach from Bechinas Ayin? Where is our help going to come from? From a place called Ayin, from a place that we could not wrap our heads around. We don't really get how the end of this story is going to come about. We have all the strategists and all the you know, op-eds, and we have all the, the this and the that. Bottom line, it's going to come from a place called Ayin. We can't get it. 
Sunshamis. It's not something that can be named. It's not something that can, that can be grasped. It's bigger than that. And then that very great, deep, higher than understanding answer of Hashem is going to come down all the way into this physical world in a way that we're going to be able to experience down here. And that assistance, that one that we can't even fathom what it will be like, is going to come all the way down, big galoi, <coughs> in a revealed way. And there we'll be able to clearly see that the Abishter is the one who is saving us. He is the one who makes heaven and earth. What does that mean, heaven and earth? Down here in this very, very physical world, we will see the Yad Hashem. We will see Hashem's salvation. And that's the perspective that enables us to sing. So today is a day... <coughs> on this Chag HaGaula, to try to do three things. Number one, to bring in all three Avais into our life. Chesed, Gvura, and Tiferes. To have this mix of Midais. Not to go extreme in our Midais, but to temper them one with the other when we're going to go into our day. Number two, what's going to be the basis for being able to do that is going to be Kah. Is going to be by bringing things into our Meichen, bringing things into our mind, learning Chesedis, and filling our minds with the kinds of thoughts that enable us to then rein in our emotions. And then finally, number three, today's a day to go out and sing a song. Where is that song going to come from? Not with acceptance of the situation, but with focus on the goal. And that goal is the Geula HaMitas V'Hashlema, Ayudei Mashiach Tzedkenu, Tekef Umiyad Mamish. Amen. I feel myself taking in like a deep breath about thank you so much. We come in peace. You know, we can't be in a spell from the Yes. Um, I need to say we did not get Sadaka before learning, probably because I was driving while doing this recording. Um, so I want to do Sadaka now. And today was Sadaka Shemakrovitz as my Gula. My Sadaka should bring Gula. Our learning should bring Gula. Honestly, there's no more excuses. Hashem needs to just bring Gula. And thank you for giving us that. So the half hour of clarity and running of his words and bringing us to a space where we can breathe for a little while. Hopefully take that into breathing and simcha uh, for the day. That was the ultimate Yeshua. And Yeshua, thank, thank you so much. So for those of you that want to participate okay. with Staka today in um, memory of Rabbi Kazin, it would be very meaningful to me personally. So if you could post that on all the different groups, and it would mean a lot to me. Have a good day. And Absolutely. Sure. A real, real Chaka Geula. I guess I'm. I mean, I guess I'm.